0: Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak, asking you to please continue to keep Dave and Faith Matthews from American Pride Roasters Coffee in your prayers as they continue to rebuild following the devastating tornado that took everything from them in March. When they're back on their feet and open for business again over at APR Coffee, we will be sure to let you know. Until then, please continue to keep Dave, Faith, and the APR Coffee team in your prayers. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. My friend Braca is my guest today on At The Mic. She is always looking for her next challenge. And today we talked about what she's accomplished, what she's doing now, and what may be next. We start that conversation right now on At The Mic.
1: Hello. Like
0: it's just Braca, right? It is just Bracca. singular, like you are the artist known as Braca.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. I
0: should try to... Are there any other Keiths in this world?
1: There is uh, one that I know of. So
0: you know of another Keith? So yeah, I can't, and he did
1: not like his name.
0: I, can't, I don't like my name either. Really? It's oh, a good I,
1: name. No. Okay.
0: No. And yes, my mom will listen to this podcast and she will be saddened by this, but no, it's not.
1: And my father will listen to this and probably think, why did she leave out her last name?
0: Ah, <laughs> so, that's awesome. So no. you were born and raised here in Dallas.
1: Yes. Dallas proper, like right off of... Central 75, right by SMU. So,
0: So. I mean, that is the heart of Dallas, Texas. It is
1: the heart. It is the beating heart. So,
0: is it fair to say you're a city girl?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um,
0: Because you never lived in the suburbs, right?
1: Uh, no, I have not but you know family is right. from country land so okay. did that as a kid growing up. The horseback riding and the you know cow herding and right. all of the good stuff.
0: So you've got the Texas experience because the cities, Dallas, especially Houston, they're they're not that they're not s- like Fort Worth. Right. So people yes. come to t- and let's with Fort Worth you there are they have catered to their identity.
1: Absolutely. In Fort Worth. Absolutely.
0: All the tourist stuff in Fort Worth is geared toward We Are Texas.
1: That's why it's called (laughs) Cowtown. Cowtown, that's right. (laughs) There you go.
0: But these urban places like Dallas and Houston, that that could be anywhere, really.
1: Yeah, general metropolis. Well, then that's good
0: that you were able to escape the city somewhat to at least experience the state.
1: Well, I would say like any major city, there are so many um, characters in different neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And so... I actually went to Junior High and High School in East Dallas, which is very lower socioeconomic, Mexican gangs. Oh wow. Just um a little hardcore.
0: So you got some street cred.
1: I have some street cred. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, you're an only child. I am an only child. Like myself. Yeah.
0: Benefits and drawbacks. Yes. When you look back at your no sibling experience, are you happy with that, or do you wish absolutely? You had oh
1: wow! Yeah, even when I was a little kid, I didn't much care for being around other little kids. Huh. So I've I've always enjoyed my loner status. Okay. In a way.
0: Your third birthday party, I think, was your earliest memory, right?
1: Yes, and it was slightly traumatizing. Um, <laughs> and an, an '80s child, so right. I grew up with ET. You're and nice. my parents thought that an et themed birthday would be exciting so Boy, not only to pull off not only the cake and the balloons and everything thematic but there was an et a costumed person oh no and a large alien
0: oh no so oh no all,
1: all of the three-year-olds were traumatized ah. yeah um, it was
0: like, so was it a house full of screaming, crying kids and well, they eventually like, no,
1: no. ran out to the backyard. So uh, I have these pictures, <laughs> I have these pictures. It's just like an exodus to the backyard and I'm sitting, um, <laughs> In this like really plastic rink-a-dink swing set, and I just I'm holding on to dear life on the oh. on the swing set. Like, please don't come out here! No, nah. Don't come near Didn't me. Didn't have
0: the uh, ET voice like the, alien.
1: you know, I don't remember that. Okay, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure that they. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was going full tilt on the uh, <laughs> on the experience. So,
0: so what motivated you to graduate high school at age 16?
1: Well, I sort of preface that with the fact that I went to um, a high school that was eclectic. <laughs> and <laughs> eclectic. <laughs> I'm eclectic. So, you know, I can say, oh, yeah, I graduated at 16. And that in- implies that I may have been smart. Mm-hmm. But actually, it was just a determination to get out of that environment. And um, my, I have a summer birthday, so I was really close to being 17 anyhow. Okay. But all I did essentially was double up on the requirements and get rid of all my electives. So I only had one elective, which was French. I didn't
0: know you could do that. Not that I... I wouldn't have even attempted it, but yeah. I didn't even know in high school. I mean, maybe it's different in Georgia that you could speed up the process. Well, like now that. they
1: have AP classes yeah, that are sort of like okay. pre credits yep. to college. So I would take like a basic history and then the AP history. Wait, wait a minute. You wait know. a minute. I, I know it was wild. But
0: I took AP stuff in high school, and I remember starting at level zero when I got to uh, college. Uh, it's a
1: complete ripoff.
0: That's Did why I forget? We're having- to-
1: that's why we're having this debate about, you know, um, freaking college debt.
0: Well, okay, yeah, but hold on. Now I'm upset because <laughs> You're I'm like, thinking like, I was gypped, man. I'm like, yes, I was in school longer than I needed to be. Exactly. In college, longer than I needed to be.
1: Well, a lot of things— Those had- didn't transfer. No one asked me. No one told me. Oh, I my gosh. I'm. I you am- needed a better counselor. That's what you needed. It, high that's, school counselors is
0: oh, where okay. it's at, man. Yeah. All right. So, I don't even remember having a high school counselor. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah. I remember my college counselor was garbage, and then after the first semester, I changed.
1: Oh, they're just, uh, yeah, I have uh, this trauma is, about I am, school. Right,
0: and we're going to totally get back to the questions yes. about you, but right now I'm going through something.
1: Yeah. I am going
0: through something right Let's now. Let's
1: process this.
0: I'm trying to think of how many credit hours I got screwed out of
1: or that you had to pay for later in college that you thank could you have parents. taken thank you, in high school. Ugh. Yes. English, AP English.
0: Okay, this you know, is not sitting algebra, well Algebra, all of it. We should talk about you right now.
1: Okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, what what also um, segued into my wanting to leave school early is that I had, by some fortunate circumstance, become a people-to-people student ambassador okay and went to Australia and New Zealand
0: mm, Oh, before they were penal colonies again <laughs>
1: exactly so I did home stays in each of these places and I did these um, when I was 15 so I had this itch I had this bug and an anxiousness and again I was only taking French as my elective so then the the French group when they graduate the senior class goes to Paris and I wasn't at that level of my French, but because I was graduating, my French teacher was like, sure, come along. So I was the youngest on that crew. So had that experience and was just anxious to move on through life and Mm -hmm. get, you know, just get out of high school and get to the next phase. So I got back from Europe and was thinking, oh, I'm too young to go to college yet. So I want to get a trade. Mm -hmm. And so I went to massage school. Okay. And then I went to SMU. And when I was living at SMU, I was working at a hair salon doing massage therapy. So I already felt like I was just living the more mature, focused life. And the SMU environment did not suit me. There was a lot of sorority and party and right. drinking. And I mm-hmm. wasn't even into drinking. I don't think I really had a cocktail at a bar till I was like 23.
0: Mm.
1: So the whole we have just now been freed for the first time from our parents and we're gonna go crazy. I did all that stuff in high school and was around a lot of it as far as drugs and gangs and just hardcore stuff that I was already over and right. matured out of by that point. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah, and I was not in a gang. I did not, oh, no, <laughs> did no, no, not no. do We well, gotta drugs. see you flash your gang <laughs> yeah, signs Yeah, exactly. Here. Uh, <laughs> there was just a lot of stuff that compounded to facilitate me getting out of that high school environment pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about your specialty dessert business. Okay,
1: yeah. What well, just just to the whole domino effect of life, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're standing at one place and whatever you're doing sort of falls and segues into the next. And even when you don't have any plan, it, it lines up really well and you keep progressing through life, essentially. Cool. So the massage therapy um, segued into... The whole healthy lifestyle around that which is the eating well going to the gym yeah my smu roommate was a dallas oh my... cowboy cheerleader oh. so she was already into the fitness and what was her name that... she
0: might have been a previous guest on this uh, oh show. no
1: she her amber no. amber straw so she was one of the few redheads <laughs> anyhow she's in vegas now okay so professional dancing and so forth wow. um either way so it was just the healthy fitness lifestyle, bodybuilding, physique modeling, um, and in that environment, you're on a really restrictive diet. Yeah. Obviously,
0: like what 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 would a typical meal be for you back in the day?
1: Well, I will say this: the leanest I've ever been, I was seven percent body fat, and was just solid core muscle. Mm. Is also when I ate the most carbohydrates what yes how does that work because you're 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 just burning so many calories and you're burning through your glycogen stores how, wait, how, every how, time how, you work out
0: oh we the protein oh, is see, essentially you gotta work out to get the carbs off i it but got the thing it. is
1: the more muscle mass you have the more calories you're burning at rest so you don't even have to be working out you just have so much muscle mass wow. that it's burning a lot of calories even while you're sitting on your butt essentially so the protein is there <laughs> just to keep the muscle mass, but the carbs are there for the calories just because you need the calories. So a typical day is you know, oatmeal, sweet potato, um, lots of good hearty grains like brown rice. But and we've and
0: got so a forth. big box of goodies. Of that, cookies uh, uh, that have that processed
1: uh, sugar uh, and corn li- syrup. Yeah,
0: <laughs> listener sent these, and you're telling me that the double-stuffed Oreos the peanut butter Captain Crunch, right? Yeah. Excuse, excuse me, Cap'n Crunch. Oh, um, there we go. Right, the Sour Patch Kids. That that. And, I mean, I'm looking at a large box full of those goodies. You're telling me that's not gonna get you fit. It's
1: not quality calories, as I would not say. Quality. Quality, calories. but perfect segue because. I wanted sweets, I wanted dessert.
0: Right, I mean there's cookies sitting in front of you on this table right now.
1: So (laughs) what had to happen is I had to figure out a way to create those and this was before everybody was on the gluten-free craze Uh or vegan or you could walk into Whole Foods and you had so many packaged variety options. So this was 15 years ago, I essentially spent thousands of dollars throwing stuff in the trash can experimenting on gluten-free vegan baking because yeah. it's baking is a chemistry. And uh, to make a long story short, I had a dessert business for vegan gluten-free people in Dallas, Fort Worth. Whoa. And that lasted for about six years. I was one of the very first yeah. um, gluten-free vegan wedding cakes that yeah. oh. were available. And I would deliver all the way out into Fort Worth. I oh. had a lot of clients there. I delivered to coffee shops. I delivered wholesale to this low carb store at the time. Um, do you
0: have a lot of because my wife has become very proficient at these gluten-free recipes and well stuff like now
1: that. you go
0: so do you have like a whole bunch of good stuff that you could like share recipes or something or no
1: um yeah I actually have <laughs> I when I shut everything down I sold boxes of all of my cake supplies and stuff to a cake teacher, decorator in Fort Worth. So oh. I got rid of pretty much everything, even my big KitchenAid mixer. I was just so burnt out and over it at that point. Really? Why? Yeah. Um,
0: because it, it seems like, and I don't know, what, what time frame are we talking here? What we're years? talking
1: about 2004 to 2010. Mm. It seems like
0: right after you gave up on it is when the market really started to explode. Yeah, I
1: have that problem, is that wow. I'm ahead of the curve a few times. I um, I have I have that in my track record oh no! so I tend to I don't know if I'm just ahead of the curve and then I leave too quickly so Mm, that's something that I'm dealing with I just need to (laughs) (laughs) that's a personal thing I need to stay the course when I figure out what's going on that's good food profit is such a slim margin Mm. and I was a one-man operation and doing this in my kitchen you're standing all day yeah um and and it wears on you and then Preceding that, I had already been a massage therapist, which is more physical labor. Your hands
0: were always sore, weren't they?
1: Well, you learn how to push from your legs. I mean, you're using more lower body to push, and so you don't wear out your hands. Oh, that's like a neat little trick there. Yeah. But in the interim, I worked for a homeopathic doctor in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. She had this. Sort of big bed and breakfast place that people would come that were. You moved up there then? Yeah, I moved up there.
0: We got to talk about that town. I I have an obsession with that town and I've never been there. It
1: is so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It is so gorgeous. There's a lot of things going wrong with it. Oh. uh, just some white supremacy stuff. Yeah. There's some, you know, that little thing. <laughs> that, look, she's got, look, look, the panhandle
0: of Idaho is a uh, fixer-upper. I mean, you got a yeah. few issues here and there, like white supremacy. Stuff. Yeah, what exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> so, no, I worked for her, and people would come there that were quite ill, and it was a complete detox environment. Oh, wow. And so I did massage therapy, lymphatic drainage. We had oxygen t- chambers. We did gallbladder flushes and liver flushes. Oh, wow. Um, so there was a woman there that baked for the bed and breakfast, and she's the one who taught me initially the gluten-free vegan baking. Okay. So when I came home and started my own thing, that's how it really started, That's cool. was from that environment. But yes, Coeur is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just this one anecdote, a crowd of us went to an Olive Garden to eat. And um, we were the ones who were working there, so we weren't on this very strict diet. Anyway, we'd pull up to the Olive Garden, and there's just this crowd, a huge family, maybe three families, and they each have six to ten kids, and they're all in their, like, pinafores that match with the matching bonnets. Uh. I mean, it was just this huge Amish crowd. I would have never thought
0: that Coeur d'Alene, Idaho... Oh,
1: my gosh, yeah. I I wouldn't have thought that either, but it was just... Felt like you were stepping back in time yeah in a way so so I
0: I know you from your writing is I, I just think you're an exceptional writer
1: thank you I yeah. appreciate it no I, don't, I've, I don't. I've been trying to find a niche that um, that both suits me and is attractive to people that don't have a lot of time I, I mean
0: it's the perfect description here it says I write for deep thinkers with little time I mean, so, that is
1: awesome. Well, why, How, why? how'd you come
0: up with that description? That's perfect.
1: Because I noticed that everything I was writing, I would fir- first put it on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn's artificial intelligence immediately tells you if this is three minutes, four minutes, five minute read. Mm. And I realized I was writing things under five minutes. And okay. I thought, nobody has time anymore. Everybody is sensory overloaded. So that's one hook. Yeah. And then. I go back and forth between telling a little story. I have lots of wild personal stories, heavy stuff too, and and then also just deep thinking. Yeah, things that we generally, I would say, we generally bring up at dinner conversations, but um, don't happen in just casual dialogue.
0: I think you do a great job. Uh, While we're talking about it, like what's uh, what's the website people go to to check out your reading?
1: Like iPhone. Except for iBraca. So do you just spell my name? iBrocka.com.
0: B R O C K A.com. Okay. And there
1: are links to my music. Yeah. Which that's, we will get to e- as no, well. Excellent
0: segue. That's so, what I was going to bring up because yeah. you've also done singing. Do you still so, currently record stuff?
1: I do not. Okay. But the music was a major bucket list of mine. When I was in elementary school, I always had people over all the way from elementary school to high school. I always had the parties at my house on the weekends because my mother was very free spirit <laughs> and um, allowed you know, a, an eclectic mix of people around. Anyhow, I always <laughs> performed for my friends. Oh. I would stand up in the living room at some point in the evening. And so in, in elementary school, it was Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and all of the 80s big singers. And then by freshman year of high school, it was Sarah McLachlan, Natalie Merchant. And then by the time I graduated, it was the Fugees, Lauren Hill, uh-huh. got into the hardcore stuff. So no, I was just always performing and so you- I always wrote poetry, uh-huh. that whole coffee shop vibe before Starbucks was around. <laughs> um, so uh-huh. we, we had a lot of our independent coffee stores in Dallas.
0: And you've done this, I mean, you, you, uh-huh. you've, you've recorded, you've performed oh, in yes. front of uh, audiences. Um, how is it uh, singing in your living room How does that compare to singing in front of like a a crowded theater? Oh, it's
1: an energy thing. Mm. It's a complete energy thing. So the more people, um, they're just feeding and then they're projecting that anticipation and you just have the excitement. You've got your own nerves. It's just, it's thrilling. I had never really done it before until I did it the first time, which is a lot of our first time experiences. And I I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be so nervous. I'm going to stutter or stumble or something. Mm. And I was in a zone. Oh, I was wow. completely cool. almost like time stopped. So, yeah, the music production was a bucket list goal. Closed down the dessert business. And that was a big turning point because I just thought I'm going to throw my time and money into this. And went up to Septian Studios, which is famous. Linda Septian, she trains. She does all the kids bop. She's got Uh um, like Demi Lovato, a lot of those Nickelodeon people Mm -hmm. um, came through Linda Septian studio to get their performance training before they would go to Hollywood. So she is sort of that that middle person. And so I made a plan. I went in there. I went to her office. I said, this is what I want to do. Don't have any professional experience. So I'm going to spend six months on voice lessons and then I'm going to sit down with whomever I find that I have a comfortable working relationship with out of all your producers and knock this out. So um, worked with two different guys. I worked with her son, Remington, which is, he's a guitarist, bass guitar, drums, everything. Another producer here in town, Jonathan Camacho, he has his own creative studio now. Just did an EP, so that's six, six songs. And then found other producers over time that I worked with on individual singles. But yeah, when I first started and first put it out, I performed around Deep Ellum for a while, did a few different places there. The Lizard Lounge, I did Poor David's Pub off of Lamar. Ended up at Denton, did the music festivals up there. Oh, wow, okay. So So where can
0: people find your music? Is it also- iTunes,
1: Spotify, Amazon.
0: So you recorded effectively this album. Yes. This EP, right? Uh, was there any plan to do something further with that or was it just a, I got to get this out of my system?
1: Yes and yes. So what happened is after the experiences um, of the music, I, I will say one of my most embarrassing experiences, I think was at Poor David's Pub and I was performing and the microphone came out of the stand and that's fine. I've got quick reflexes, so I'm grabbing it, and you just keep going. And then the cord comes loose, and it was just one comedy of errors after the-
0: feels like sabotage.
1: <laughs> it almost was. So oh, no. It was crazy. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> I made my way through it, but it was it was pretty mortifying. And I thought to myself, I was sitting in the parking lot afterwards, and I thought to myself, that just felt like- glorified karaoke and it was so terrible where Mm. I'm just singing over this piped in Mm. and the whole experience was um, something I didn't want to experience again and so I just kind of took a breather and started thinking about I know this is part of the process of being an artist you go through all of these experiences to hone the craft Mm -hmm. Um, but I did not want to be a starving artist again it's another one of those like the food business the the profit margin is so slim you don't make money on music <laughs> yeah. streams you make it only on live concerts on selling tickets and touring because everything's free now you can download everything for free yeah
0: how much would you get like if someone streamed a song of yours on say spotify
1: nothing really yeah nothing it's it's buying the whole ep download That's where you um, get but the again but again, there's no money there. It's all in concert ticket sales. Yeah, yeah, So that's why all of these recording artists that had, that had to essentially start performing on YouTube when COVID hit, just so they could keep wow. the subscription numbers, because that's where the money is. Wow. And okay. I, so I was having this moment where I'm like, I don't want to be a starving artist. So I kind of panicked myself into a into a job. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a responsible citizen again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I need to make some money now that I just spent a lot on this project.
0: Uh, um,
1: yeah, so that... Well, at least
0: you got to experience it, though.
1: Well, yeah. Now, now you
0: don't have to spend the rest of your life saying, what if?
1: Regretting, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I still have so much acquired music written mm. that if I want to do it again, I still have the connections. I still... the network I've yeah I might get back there just again as another personal project
0: well after you know we've gotten to know you over the last half hour or so Mm -hmm. it may seem unusual for me to say this that the biggest influence in your life Mm -hmm. right biggest impact in your life was Dennis Prager oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's not the answer I would have expected. Well, He's a political talk show host.
1: Out based an out of author. LA.
0: Yeah, and an author. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so you listen to you. I and and I should have set up the question. she have been like, All right, everyone, guess who has had the biggest impact on her life? <laughs> they, they would have probably thought, ah, some artsy, some no. singer, some musical artist. Yeah.
1: Absolutely not. So this how, is this you... is how it happened. Okay, tell is, us. The beginning of the dessert business experimentation, standing in the kitchen. I did not have a TV in my okay. apartment. I always had a radio. I always listened to AM radio. And that was I, my that
0: was me growing up. Here we up. go. <laughs> yes.
1: So and that brings us full circle to the studio we are in because I listened to an entire lineup from morning till evening and it was Glenn Beck, Michael Medved, Dennis Prager. Laura Ingram, Hugh Hewitt, mm. Late at Night, it was Michael Savage. Oh, wow. It was it was just the whole slew. Yeah. I mean, it represented the the whole pendulum of conservative thinkers. And Dennis Prager was my absolute favorite because he has I haven't listened to him in years, but he has in the five days a week different themes for different hours on certain days and Friday afternoon at noon was the happiness hour Mm. and he believes it's a moral obligation to be a happy person because it makes the world a better place and I could not agree with that more in those years I learned so much um, just conservative thought Values like
0: had you grown up in a conservative environment any kind of political environment whatsoever
1: no my environment was very free spirit and very open and unrestrictive very undisciplined Mm -hmm. I had to in a lot of ways raise myself the mentoring that I had lost in some ways I found through conservative talk radio Mm. and so when people Crap on it. I have a hard time because they're not giving it its due. There are awful thought leaders in every area of life. There are bad people in every um, career path. You know, there, there are good lawyers, there are bad lawyers. There are corrupt people in every industry. And if you take one snippet or one line or one thought and try to blanket, that whole movement or the entire person is what we are doing now and experiencing with cancel culture. Mm. You don't get the quality. And so I did a lot of growing up Mm. through that education. And so uh, one of your questions, we were talking before this and we were talking about celebrity and so forth. This is something my mother knew about me. She was like, you could meet a famous person as far as TV or you know um actor or singer famous person and nothing about your disposition would change Mm -hmm. but she said the first time i saw you interact with dennis prager you were like you had met a rock star (laughs) so that is awesome she was like (laughs) she we get in the car because we went to the sit down dinner and i met up with dennis prager afterwards and he signed a book and so forth so we get in the car and my mom's like oh my gosh you were like You were like he was a rock star (laughs) just the way It was like because he is to me that's cool and that's what that's what i value not the other pop culture and instagram influencers that we have now so people that just pick one thing and stick with it that's admirable you have you know you've made a decision and you've stayed the course you know who you are it says something about perseverance during hardship, you know, yeah. in any line of work.
0: Is there anything that you've done that you might want to go back to or something that that you still want to try that you could see yourself giving more of a long-term commitment to?
1: I think there is always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um I would certainly <laughs> and I say this as a broad <laughs> yeah, about myself.
0: What would you if you went back to get like a typical degree, what would you major in?
1: That's it. What What is the point now? Well, let's figure this
0: out. This can be I like know. a therapy session. Therapy session.
1: Okay. So, so what do you thinking... enjoy
0: doing? And
1: uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Do you want to be no. successful
0: or do you want to make money? Or yeah. the
1: question is, what will you um, stay the course with?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and so far, I'm not that's, sure.
1: <laughs> that's That's the personality thing. I'm just so interested in so much. Uh huh. So I find particular things and delve into them. And then, okay, I've learned that. I'm ready to move on. Like, one of my personal things that I'm proud of is um, my interest in the history of the Crusades. Mm. And I spent probably two years reading books and listening to podcasts and just throwing myself into that one interest. Uh And I'm like, okay, that's fun dinner conversation category. Let's move on to the next thing. (laughs) Because I know
0: you're big into historical fiction.
1: I love... History.
0: What if you wrote like historical fiction books? I mean, granted, you still got to.
1: Well, that is the next the b- bucket list. Is thing it really? Is not historical fiction, uh-huh. but. Write a book. Um, write a book. I've got a couple book ideas.
0: But the trick is you got to put food on the table while you're engaged so in this project. So that's why I
1: need more blog readers uh-huh. so I can start uh-huh. running ads on my blog oh. and the writing can start paying for itself.
0: Ibrocka.com.
1: Thank you, sir. The letter
0: I, <laughs> B-R-O-C-K-A.com.
1: <laughs> and listeners, you would be glad to know I don't have any pop-ups. There's not even a newsletter pop-up. No, that is one thing. It is so annoying. I think if I can organically grow without annoying people with a pop-up that says, please sign up to my newsletter. You know what? If you're smart enough, you can scroll down to the bottom of the blog, or you can look to the right of the blog page and put your email address in there. I don't need to prompt you with a little pop-up that everybody hates.
0: Yeah, and, and somewhere, I'm the same way. I'm a terrible salesman.
1: I am a terrible salesperson. Right, right? I, oh cannot, my I
0: can't I can't sell myself. I can't uh, uh, I, I'm like you. And, and somewhere on at the I seriously have no idea where it is, there's a place to sign up for an email list. Yeah. And like it says like I won't spam you. I won't do you know why I won't spam you or Because bug I
1: haven't even generated an have, email newsletter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I have no idea how to even send you something. Let me see here. I'm, so I'm I'm I actually I'm looking at at the and I'm scrolling around. I have no idea where on here you're supposed oh, no blog story. I have you know, no idea somewhere think, you can sign up for a newsletter yeah, that I haven't. Yeah. But here created. here
1: again just wrapping full circle. Yeah. People have too much going on in their lives which and- goes
0: back to the perfect descriptor for the Your blog. site. I write for deep thinkers with little time.
1: So, and here's my hook: is I try to um, have a little personal story because that is the best way to transfer um, transfer knowledge, transfer you know morals, transfer a big theme is being relatable. And so, having a story, even whether it's funny, self deprecating, or sad, or anything, just get people hooked on a story and then wrap it up with, um, a larger theme. Mm-hmm. So, okay, and again, under five minutes, most of them are three because you don't have time and I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but it's not a matter of time because we make time for what is priority. It's actually a matter of sensory overload and that people don't know where to focus their time. Yeah. And that's a personal choice mm-hmm. so that's again values and morals
0: i spend all of my uh, available free time uh editing this podcast that's literally that's that's my free time
1: that's probably <laughs> why i am so far removed from culture is because i exactly. don't stream anything right right i if just it's not don't sports. Well, well i just don't i don't have a netflix account mm-hmm. I uh, watched a movie on Amazon Prime a couple nights ago for the first time in like three months.
0: Right. I don't even know I what, just, what a movie is anymore.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> I went to one movie during COVID in the last two years, and it was so terrible. It was um, know, what movie? the Wes Anderson what is one? It? Oh. That's just so speaking of sensory overload. It was so obnoxious. Oh my. I can't even remember the title <laughs> of it. <laughs> oh, The French Dispatch.
0: Okay. Yeah. Haven't it heard was
1: of that. Uh, yeah. It's nothing to comment on. So <laughs> let's move on.
0: <laughs> okay. So I hear something to comment on. I've got to ask you when you grew up with a dog. It it was a an, oh, al- an albino doberman.
1: He is a story.
0: What is an albino doberman and what was the dog's name?
1: Simon. Because Simon says he was the alpha of the house, me and my mother, (laughs) just me and my mother. We got him when he was about six months years old, and he had been tied up to a tree that had ant beds all around it. So he could only get so far Wait, how old was he? Six months. Six months old. So he was a little tiny scrawny thing. So um, (sighs) not not a proponent of committing crimes, but somebody (sighs) jumped over a fence and abducted him from this... um, terrible home environment that he was in where he could not get to water because his chain was so short. He could not get away from these ant beds. So he was brought to my house. I was always raised to treat animals like you would a small toddler child. So we got little Tylenol chewables. We got itching cream, Benadryl itching cream. So he was just eaten up. Yeah. Uh All his whole belly was just red marks from the ants. So just nurtured him for a good couple of months. And then he was He was the man of the house after that. And we had him for 12 years, um, just pale blue, icy eyes, really pale blonde fur. We had to put um, SPF on him during the summer because he would burn. Oh, my
0: gosh. Um,
1: But he was a beautiful dog, the smartest dog. He would try to speak in full sentences. He would come up to you and move his mouth. And you could see the frustration in his eyes because words were not coming out and he just needed you to understand. Why aren't you taking care of things? So, no, he ran that house. That was great. Yeah,
0: I'm seeing what a beautiful, uh, Um, I'm looking up uh, albino Doberman. He
1: was such a beautiful dog. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's great. Um, Well, congratulations on
1: that experience. I mean, I just want to
0: point out that um, to make it clear to the authorities who may be listening, braca her mom they didn't steal the dog
1: no somebody else
0: stole it and they just said oh my gosh i guess we better take care of this dog that he just showed
1: up on our front door Uh yeah just showed up on our front door without anything Uh
0: (laughs) uh-huh yeah okay
1: (laughs) like a stork dropped him off right
0: your favorite app is instagram you love the interior design accounts on there
1: yes that would be a that would be a whole other thing that one would be interested in
0: Well, well so here's what i'm getting at. Have you thought of maybe a career in interior design?
1: I think that would be dealing with too many people, (laughs) too many personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, You would have a different vision
0: than the person that's paying for it.
1: Different jobs require interacting with different personalities. And working in somebody's home is a very personable experience. Mm. And what I might like for myself, I'm just not going to browbeat somebody or, you know, I, during the first year of COVID, when I was sort of browsing jobs on LinkedIn, I did consider a couple interior design jobs See, and um, thought, oh, this is creative. This is fun. But you, you get into it and it's not really what you think it's going to be. It's not like, let's go pick out some pillows and put it on this couch and put these colors together or these textures together. I I think I would lose interest pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, but I love, I just like the visual aesthetics. That's why my Instagram feed is predominantly interior design. I'm, I'm a clean minimalist.
0: Yeah. Um, You're not yeah. sentimental at all.
1: No, not so, terribly. So I. So I'm not, I don't have lots of. Um, knickknacks and stuff sitting right. around my house. Okay, so you need to declutter. It's more like a museum.
0: I, I, I'm gonna need to see. This is what you do because yeah. I just <laughs> had an idea. I'm coming up with with career paths for you. So so follow me here, because I need you to help declutter my life. I mean, there are boxes. Yes, that, I
1: love it. Right, so, I love right? throwing out. <laughs> I really do.
0: Right. Uh, okay. Somebody like me who has boxes and boxes of
1: accumulated right, history that. that
0: I have moved from, my gosh, I mean, this is how far back you want to go? Nebraska to Atlanta to Houston. And also you have built a Nebraska family in this time. which South Carolina. Which
1: adds more stuff.
0: To New York than to Dallas.
1: Because you keep exactly. their memories. Right, right. And you keep their nostalgia. That's true. That's true. That's why families have garages full of boxes and Tupperware. Yeah. Of stuff that they've forgotten about,
0: and then congratulations, kids. One day when I'm dead and gone, you get to go through it.
1: Sad segue. That is um, the biggest thing that happened to me in the last almost two years. Now I lost my mother and my grandmother. Oh, I'm sorry. So right, right when Dallas was going into COVID lockdowns, Mm-mm. and I had to go through their stuff. Yeah. And it's challenging. I challenging, but you just said it. I'm not. A, a particularly sentimental person yes yeah, my so how mother did you do my that? mother saved my everything everything of mine and, and you had my, no
0: idea or did well, you some know? of
1: the stuff but it was like you know coloring books or mm. just all these reports that I had written or school stuff and like this is ugh I would just carry out boxes of stuff to the trash can oh my and didn't feel bad about it yeah like I can take a picture of that with my iPhone and now I have documentation of it. It's until scanned. The, okay. It's and it's automated Un- until Apple and it cancels removes, you or an EMP hits. Or no, we bust out of the iCloud and go to the metaverse.
0: <laughs> oh no. No. I'm no. not going anywhere.
1: I'm so, staying put right here. So you can do
0: something uh, with this, see? Well, but that's just it. I wouldn't let you throw away the stuff that I've saved for my kids. So
1: Oh no, no. And I would there's a way to consolidate these things though. Uh, There's a way to scan or itemize or downsize.
0: See, no, okay, Uh, no, we're we're really honing this in.
1: Organize. You need to
0: offer digitize.
1: Digitization. Can we say that word?
0: Digitization services. No, I
1: am seeing how this is all coming full circle. Yeah. Because, I, my nature is helping people Uh and and healing in my past with the fitness and the massage. And then the foods, the dessert business, and now my current job, I am working for a family um, in Highland Park in their home, um, private family business. I mainly do financials and taxes and, okay, oh boy, it's tax season right now. But the <laughs> point is, the full circle is that I do go into people's lives uh-huh. and straighten things up. And it's from a good place. It's like a healthy, healing, um, wholesome, organic thing.
0: Bracca's digit as I, <laughs> I'm gonna not say it anymore. I can't say.
1: There's no, no, no. We've got to come up with something. Okay, hold that's, on, hold on, hold on. It's um, uh, what is it? Alliterative. Yeah. So, uh, brakas.
0: So, uh,
1: no, I've had jobs where I've worked as um personal assistant uh-huh. in people's homes, and took on one role, and it um manifested into of a more um integrated into their entire okay. lives kind of role. Well,
0: there's something here. And
1: so I have um harnessed all of these things in my history and and put them into one full package deal. See, and so people ask me how am I not married yet? Yeah, <laughs> right? Right. It was, no. uh,
0: Okay, I got it now. It's BDS. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a that sounds like that a, an sounds affliction.
1: something dirty.
0: BDS is It sounds
1: a little no. Oh my
0: gosh, no, it is. Oh. It's just that's one not letter this off. Kind of, I was going go to go with This kind
1: of podcast you hear Rock
0: digital services <laughs> on Mondays. No. That's a totally okay, so.
1: different lifestyle <laughs> that I am not introducing to my clients. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's my problem with, with clutter and stuff, right? Okay. Okay, so...
1: It I'm, takes up mental space well, it and does. physical space. It does,
0: but I am i wouldn't call myself a hoarder, mm. but I would say that I'm very sentimental. Okay. So opposite okay. of what, what your issue is there, right? <clears throat> so I'm sentimental, but I'm also incredibly disorganized. Okay. So it's like I get it from both sides now, you know?
1: Well, there is a way to keep all of everything yeah with the BDS. If you but if you are well organized <laughs> and um if you are well organized you can store it well i've tried and then you can also um um uh, when also i get organized find it it's for five minutes
0: and then i'm back to chaos at, at work at home it doesn't matter so so okay. so so you're you're well, there's a way to yeah.
1: separate it okay you i'm i'm thinking Physical, tangible, there's no way for you to be organized and also chaotic at the same time. If all of your organization, like a man's toolbox in the garage, that's Ooh. all out there in the toolbox.
0: Yeah, that, you should see my garage. You,
1: didn't, that's, you haven't brought that into the home. There's a way to keep things separate. Uh-huh. Like a kid's playroom, they have all their toys and their room destroyed. That doesn't mean they get to bring all that stuff out into the living room uh-huh. and destroy the adult space. Right. Some parents allow that. I don't I don't agree with that. No. Um, kids are not allowed to take over the whole house. Thank
0: you. Anyhow. What's this thing doing on the stairs? So,
1: so you can keep chaos simultaneous to organization and calm. I believe they can coexist.
0: I'm a lost. Keep
1: all that nostalgia and organization I'm, in the garage, in the Tupperware, well-labeled to I'm, reference later when you're having those moments of reflectiveness of so a lost forth. cause is okay. the bottom
0: line. Tell us about the time you spun out on the interstate.
1: This was the scariest moment of my life. I had a guardian angel. Mm. One of my three interactions with my guardian angel. Oh, wow. So this, I was going up 75, which is the main freeway in Dallas. I was going north. That is a four lane freeway, 65, 70 miles per hour. And this white van in front of me slammed on its, on its brakes. And so I jerked the wheel, as most people do, to avoid rear-ending him. But I jerked so and aggressively that I just started spinning my car. And I, I think time did freeze. And the whole time I was spinning out, I just had this calm aura come over me. And I kept hearing in my head, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And when the car stopped, I was facing oncoming traffic in the opposite direction. All four lanes had stopped, like staring at me. I'm on stage here, this is my little spin out. And so I see that and I just go into, you know, action, put the car, the car had um, knocked itself into neutral. So I put it back into drive make the 180-degree turn facing the correct direction, drive home, come into my apartment, lie down in the living room floor, and ball my eyes out for a good 15 minutes because you're after the moment. Then is when your heart starts racing. Then that fight or flight, that adrenaline catches up to time freezing, Mm -hmm. and you feel it all rush. And I did. I just laid in my floor and cried for about 15 minutes and thanked God. I... So I went from, I'm okay, I'm okay, to thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And, um, yeah, it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre.
0: So what were the other two times?
1: One time I was in Paris and had stayed very late at a nightclub and came out of the club and was walking back to my hotel by myself, which was not a smart choice, Mm. came upon these two guys, that there were, was walking on a concrete structure that had concrete pillars. And so they kind of came out from behind one of these big concrete pillars to catch me and trap me in sort of a little concrete structure. And then this guy from the other side of the street just screams out randomly, hey, do you want a cigarette? It was so bizarre. <laughs> and I thought, first of all, we're in Paris. And how does he know that I speak English? Uh. He just screams out, hey, do you want a cigarette? And it was this blonde guy standing under a light pole. I mean, it was all very cliche where the light, like, cast down on him. And mm. he's leaning against the pole smoking a cigarette. and But he's just screaming out, hey, do you want a cigarette? I have a cigarette. It was just so really random. It, it, and it, it had sh- nothing to do with the moment. Right, it just shocked But he guy? just shocked these two guys. Nice. And so... They kind of, like, scatter and run behind me, and I turn around, and the blonde guy with the cigarette is no longer there. Wow. So it was just—but I knew it. I just knew that that had to have been an angel in the moment because he was there, and then he was not. And I had not been smoking a cigarette. He didn't know that I spoke English. It was just—there were so many things about the situation that felt very— just just felt right
0: divine intervention divine
1: intervention there we go okay. that is the term and third uh, encounter i i can't just discuss it right now understood so, yeah so how
0: what prompted you to learn american sign language
1: so that came from the elementary school i went to it is mandatory to learn it there it is still mandatory to learn it um right in the heart of dallas is the elementary school it was at the time called stonewall jackson but you know we have changed the names (laughs) of controversial figures Mm -hmm. it is now just named after the street that it is on
0: oh how creative i
1: know so so uncontroversial (laughs) um
0: depends on what the name of the what's the name of the street
1: mockingbird
0: Wait a minute, I, To Kill, to a, Kill Mocking a Mockingbird Bird has, has been, been banned for no good reason whatsoever.
1: devastatingly, it is, is my mother's favorite book I, ever. It's the only book I've read be, twice. She would be so sad to learn this Seriously. if she were so alive. It makes no sense at all. Exactly. So no, this this particular elementary school caters to blind kids, deaf kids, all sorts of mobility issues. Having teachers that teach sign language, having just the faculty that caters to that that type of difficulty in life. From kindergarten, it's mandatory on your report card, that's one of your classes, is learning American Sign Language. Cool. So I grew up and learning And still
0: it. you can do it today?
1: Yes. Good I can. You. Do you not, have to
0: keep practicing it to, to do that?
1: Some of the things are muscle memory. Huh. It's like like going to the gym or doing massage or riding your bike. A lot of things that we learn are real muscle memory, and when you've done it for so many years, it's it, just there.
0: Did they teach you like how they came up with certain motions for like who came up with with this means like the broad, sun? Yeah, this the means, broad
1: definition yeah. of one word. A lot of things look logical. Yeah, like sometimes. this is tree. So
0: she's holding her hand up, uh, <laughs> resting on her other hand.
1: Uh, yeah. Resting on her. I guess while. it's a tree. I don't know. So and it's interesting because you go like if you go to another country and we have the FU sign with the middle finger, <laughs> you can see um, hand gestures and body movements that are oh. aggressive or, oh okay you know, um, cuss words and so yeah. forth. I mean, there's some stuff is intuitive some stuff is bizarre but that's like a lot of language mm. so
0: okay now if you could go back in history you say you'd like to meet cleopatra or queen elizabeth the first
1: well cleopatra because nobody knows what she really looked like mm. there is maybe one coin and you can see from her profile that she had a very roman nose but I just wanna know how freaking gorgeous was she really. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh, let's get to the truth of the matter. This woman funny. that had so much power. So that's how seriously stunning. that
0: that's your that's your reason to go back. Yeah, it. It's I not you wanna meet her, I just wanna like. see her.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I love Egyptology. That okay. was another that was something that I delved into before I got into the history of the Crusades. I've got the books and went the podcast route and audio books. That's just another bit of history that's so Curious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so who
0: built the pyramids? Was it the aliens? <clears throat> it the aliens, right. wasn't it? Right. Right? No, it wasn't? I, you think the story's accurate? That's just the, the slave labor and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. and there, Well, there's a lot of engineering. Yeah. So it's really physics and engineering. Um, okay. I'm, it is controversial. It is no, controversial. No, it's not controversial. I mean, I'm I just think, curious. It doesn't think, change
0: my life either way.
1: <laughs> right. But I th- i think that the knowledge that was that they had at the time we have we think that they didn't have Mm -hmm. because they're so far back in our history our brains can't wrap ourselves around that's just proper engineering and they had the science at the time so but again slave labor too so, so let's so, not minimize that. Thousands die a day, and that's what's happening in Dubai now. It's just that's how they built that city.
0: So we 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 can build the pyramids long long ago, mm-hmm. but we have bridges collapsing. You know
1: that tells you about the people we put in office. <laughs> not um, we yeah. need to hire the right people to do right. the job again. That goes back to the one person that decided on the career path and made it their mission to do well on that path, the mm-hmm. doctor, the scientist, we, we've we got the engineers, we've got the architects, we've got the intelligence, we have the physics and the science. It's the people that implement that or hire the wrong people to do the job. Right. And if we could simply fire people for being terrible at their job, we would not be in the problem that we are in. No. Um, As a country.
0: Right. I understand.
1: Just being able to fire people for not doing their job. (laughs) Can we, like, get back to basic principles here?
0: A meritocracy no more. So,
1: Administrative state is what it is. Yeah.
0: So we touched on one of your embarrassing moments uh, with that stage performance earlier. What about this debate class situation? What happened there?
1: Getting up in front of a whole classroom and... uh, Spelling a word incorrectly, I I don't know why I find that particularly traumatizing. So wait a minute, have
0: you ever done a spelling bee? Because I've been there. Yes,
1: I was a queen of spelling bees. All right, queen bee spelling bee. So Mm. that's why this bothered me so intensely. Uh huh. Um, Again, going back to in a way having to raise myself, my mom wasn't very particular about being disciplined about homework and schooling and getting straight A's or anything. And so these moments where being traumatized for misspelling a word, that instilled in me, okay, I need to read more. I need to investigate this further and just sort of take myself down the discipline of of education. Okay. Yeah. So so
0: so, so you what word did you misspell?
1: Ridiculous. I spelled it R-E-D instead of R-I-D.
0: <laughs> and that's that's bugged you ever since? Pretty much. Okay. I've
1: never misspelled that word incorrectly right. since.
0: I might be able to make you feel better uh, okay. about that because I won the Spelling Bee Championship at my school. Uh, it was fourth and fifth graders, and I was a fourth grader. I remember that. And I ended up representing our school at the county level. Okay. And my first word that I had never seen before in my life, which now it's just... It, That's it's, how they trick you. Right. But, but this is like the easiest... Stupid. This is just stupid. Oxen. oxen. I, only, I only use the word ox in my life. Okay. So how did I spell the word oxen?
1: Well, first I would say, can you please use that in a sentence?
0: Sure should have done that. No, no, no. <laughs> I just... I went right to it. And I'm like, oxen... Uh O X C oh. C S A I N almost like occasion. <laughs> Oxen. Oh no, sorry. You have to go back to school now, even though it's, you know, 9 15 AM. You're out. Immediately. You're oh, I was first. I, and I'm like, what
1: I, I it took me forever to figure out what word was that? Oxen? Oh, another word that I misspelled. I think was like so that stuff bugs skeet. you forever. Yes, I mean it I does. still bug
0: by that experience. Skeet. Skeet.
1: Skeet was another word okay. that I'm just like. It sounds like it should be this way, mm. but it's another way. So wait, I and I then you say, overthink because yeah. you're over analytical.
0: Is it S K E E T? So what did you have I to don't spell E A T? You don't remember something. what you said? Okay. I don't
1: remember. Right. Uh. I just I did the spelling bee every year and I remember the last year that I was knocked out, was, um, it was eighth grade. So I made it all the way through elementary okay. and didn't really lose my standing until about eighth grade. But I was reading, one thing my mother did love to do, we would go to the big Dallas Public Library in downtown, but I was reading like Daniel Still books when I was 12 years old. Oh, no. So, uh, yes. Daniel Steel. I No. no. Wow. like um i'm you know it's funny when you when um, a parent is trying to shield their child from seeing something like overly sexed or overly horrific on tv and they're like shield your eyes or leave the room right. but when you're reading a book you don't know mm-hmm. where your child is in the story and that romantic scene is coming up and you can't like we'll skip over those few pages oh, you know gosh. you're not really um uh, adulting in those moments <laughs> <laughs> Not really adulting.
0: okay now i mean you list something that you want to accomplish in your lifetime is publish a book so yes. what is it going to be about
1: i want it to be narrated by a few different voices so that the chapters will alternate between the different narrators and most likely a few women of different generations hmm. and even though they're living in different time periods they are experiencing very similar things. Oh, wow. And so then it all kind of comes full circle. Very historic. Um, bringing, feel too, huh? bringing their lives together in a way. Okay. I mean, the idea is out there. It's been done in numerous times. But I have different stories for each of these women, and I'll just put my own
0: you got anything written down somewhere or typed up? Oh. Wait, I have waiting lo- waiting for you to get to I it? have
1: three ring binders of nice. stuff. I yeah. like it. I like That's it. my organization. Okay. It's just um, I'm I'm more tactile mm-hmm. and I like holding things and seeing things tangibly and, so and that's
0: why, for example, the show that with, I produce, Pat Gray Unleashed uh-huh. on the Blaze, I have to print out yes. the show prep. Right. I, I don't do the electric you know, it's just uh, the um so the digital my, stuff I just don't do. I right.
1: Mean. Like the blog when I sit down and do that, I usually just knock that out in an hour or two and that's in a Word document and then I copy paste it into my blog. But as far as this other um more involved writing, mm-hmm. I I'm writing it out on paper. I've got the chapter separated, I've got manila folders that are labeled See, for the ready. chapters yeah you're ready to go um and different themes that i'll put in each well, get story on that i know well anyhow. i hope
0: it works out be the, sure to let me know when you get that oh published. you'll know cool. so
1: i'll i'll be talking about it okay. as i blog <laughs> and <laughs> Nice and social media, all that good stuff. That's so.
0: iBrocka.com. I-B-R-O-C-K-A.com.
1: And on Twitter.
0: And on Twitter, uh, just at uh,
1: conserve xx.
0: Yeah, well, how did you, you get did that? Not, I was
1: about to say you didn't ask me about how that. How did you get that? Uh, it's such handle. a mashup, isn't it? Oh no. So I'm
0: afraid to ask too many questions <laughs> about this one. It's kind of it's kind of like the uh, BDS. Oh boy. Uh, business plan. No, it's no. A conserve xx. Yeah. Is your Twitter handle?
1: Because I'm a little conservative and a little not. And when I first, <laughs> okay. I got on Twitter and it's really beginning inception. I have oh, a wow. a friend of mine is out in Santa Barbara and he's into the, all the tech and Silicon Valley culture out there. And he's March the one.
0: 2009, March, 2009. For you. Yeah.
1: He's the one that told me about it. And so mm-hmm. there were very few of us on there at the time and I initially got on to promote my dessert business. I was following a lot of mommy bloggers and dessert bloggers and food bloggers and food reviewers and so it was all food and travel for me and then when journalists and famous people got on Twitter everything changed and it got political and wacky and Mm. And so I have had so many iterations of my own personality up on Twitter since <laughs> I've been there since 2009 Well, yeah, and we've, we've seen gone it evolve this. in so many <laughs> ways. Yeah, it, it was foundationally I'm a little conservative. I mean, that's my values and morals and so forth. And then a little not. And that's that's not provocative. It's just, you know, we're more, more than one dimensional people. So my yeah. Twitter handle is conservexx.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Huh. so it makes sense to me and that's all that matters that's all that matters that's right
0: uh anything we haven't covered here oh what's in your amazon cart right now do we oh
1: my goodness so i have uh uh subscriptions to different supplements that i take mm. um
0: i could see where because i never sign up for you know yeah um hey you want a recurring no i don't want recurring but i can see how that would be a yes smart move.
1: and then i'm such a neat freak Clean freak. I buy lint rollers by the dozen.
0: But you don't have any pets. Where's all this lint coming from?
1: I ha- I have hair, and <laughs> and you yeah, know hair. laundry and yeah. lint, and okay. so. Um,
0: you make sure that you're not.
1: Uh... I do, and so I buy lint rollers by the twelve pack. Ah,
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And they're the industrial kind. They're the kind that the your tailor ones. would use. Oh yeah, okay. Um, not the like cheapy plasticky in the metal handle man (laughs) they're hardcore this
0: is some serious
1: i am a hardcore clean freak Uh uh-huh all right yeah i'm a baseboard cleaner
0: wow you have got to help me declutter my life
1: yeah no when i get down in the floor to stretch i'm like Hmm, I think I could vacuum. <laughs> oh, no, you need to no. relax.
0: All no, right. I do, I do. Well, it's thanks pain. so much. Keep us updated on your progress with all this stuff, and let us uh, let us know what, what uh, career path you eventually uh, land on, okay? A few. <laughs> all right, very good. Thank, Thank th- you. Thanks. This has been
1: so fun. Thanks,
0: Bracca. It's been a blast. Thanks. It's going to be interesting to see what the next chapter holds for Bracca, and I look forward to seeing what comes next in her story. Now, looking ahead to our next episode, we're going to be sitting down for a conversation with my friend Kay Smythe. Chances are you've seen her all over the place, whether doing live hits on news channels talking about current events, or perhaps you've read her writing somewhere on one of your favorite news websites. She tells us about her story that begins in Wales, heads to Los Angeles, and then ends up in North Carolina. That is our next episode of At The Mic. Until then, I hope you can take a moment to rate and review this podcast five stars over at Apple iTunes or Spotify. Please tell your friends and your family who need some good conversations in their world, this crazy world. I hope you will at least spread the word to, uh, let's say, three people. What do you think? Can you tell three people? We would be so grateful. Feel free to drop us a note through the website at themikeshow.com And don't forget, there's merchandise available through At The Mike Shop. Dot .com. But before you do anything, please go be free and thank you for listening. This has been at the mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to at themikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information and ways to connect.